Our world is so full of insecurity and manufactured success. Everybody's trying to put on their best face for the world. People can be impressed with your strengths, but they connect to you through your weakness. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have a brilliant and awesome guest to share with you today. His name is Jordan Montgomery, and he is the owner of Montgomery Companies. He's highly recognized and regarded for his performance coaching, keynote speaking, and he talks to top business execs, sales organizations, and entrepreneurs. He's a man of humble beginnings, which we're going to talk to from small town Iowa to being a dominant force in the performance coaching industry. He has shared the stage with professional athletes, people like Aeneas Williams, luminaries like Rory Vaden, Ron White, David Akers, Elizabeth Smart, and Tom Ferry. There's so much we're going to talk about. You're going to get so much out of this. Jordan, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is awesome to have you here. Hey, Dr. Richard, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be with you. I know that we share many mutual friends in common, and we also share a lot of similar interests. And so I'm confident we'll have a great discussion today. It's an honor to be with you. I appreciate that. I know that we will. And what I want to do first, I love to do this because I love to find out what makes people tick. Let's jump into the, the Jordan Montgomery time machine here a little bit and share with us your superhero origin story. What put you on the path that you are on today? Well, that's a, that's a great question and ultimately probably have a loaded answer. But the short answer is setback. You know, I think so many times people can be impressed with our strengths, but they connect to us through a weakness. And I've just learned that in sharing my story, putting the hard stuff on display uh, typically works. And it's what's most real, most authentic. But before I talk about the hard stuff, I'll talk about the good stuff. So I went to the University of Iowa, as you know, go Hawks. Uh, I had a career in the financial services business. I was really fortunate to grow a great business at a really young age. And it was sort of the classic story of hard work meets opportunity. So I worked the long hours, long days, had some good mentors. I was 27 years old and um, I was unexpectedly fired from my job. And so I made a couple of mistakes. I was sort of casual and careless. Uh, there was a team member that took a test on my behalf. I didn't report it uh, like I should have. And, and so temporarily I got fired and um, it all kind of worked out. The company brought me back, uh, but for a 30-day window, I didn't know if I'd have my job back, and I lost 90% of my clientele, a lot of my revenue, my reputation suffered, um, and for a 27-year-old man that found all of his identity and his accomplishment and his achievement, it just hurt way worse than it ever should have, and so I started thinking more, Dr. Richard, about how I could use my gifts and what God put me on this earth to do, and I think it was to inspire people. I think it was to help people. 
But I think it was also to meet people in their brokenness and just be a light and an encouragement. So I had a mentor by the name of Ben Newman um, in that season who just said, hey, I think you should do some of what I do. And he was really helpful in, in helping me create a path. There's another guy by the name of John Wright Sr. And they were working with professional athletes and high-level executives. And I sort of looked at what they did and the impact of the work. And I thought, you know, I think I could do that too. So I opened a business on the side in tandem with my financial planning business. It was never meant to be a full-time business, but God opened doors. It grew rapidly. I fell in love with the work. And one day I looked at my wife and I said, I think we can do this full-time. And today we've got a full-scale coaching and consulting firm. We work with thousands of entrepreneurs, sales people, and athletes from around the country. Uh, I've got a team of 10 coaching partners. My wife runs the business. I run my mouth. It kind of <laughs> works out. And uh, God's just blessed our path. And we're really fortunate to do the work that we get to do. You know, I love that. And I hear this theme so often with people that there is something that happens. They, they get fired and now they've got no choice. You know, the burners to your feet, so to speak. And it's interesting because so many of us get trapped in this secure job where we're doing what we think we're supposed to be doing and we're earning good money. And all of a sudden, everything that that brings us is gone. But in that space, you have this opportunity to create, to really see what am I passionate about? What am I good at? And now you, these years later, have leveraged those things into one of the top consulting firms in the country, which is pretty amazing. So let's jump forward a little bit. So you've got this consultancy, you're doing your thing. What are some of the things, and I, and I know that you speak quite a lot towards leadership and entrepreneurship, but there's a lot of other components that go into being successful that anybody can take from this, whether they own a business or not. So share with us some of the, the key things that you engage with your clients on that you talk about from the stage. Let's start there. Yeah, you know, we've really uh, developed a love for the science of human connection, what creates real connection. And furthermore, I think communication, the art of effective communication, you know, how people receive you, how they experience you. And we spent a lot of time on that, specifically with business owners, salespeople, but now with athletes and coaches and in the world of sports. And so we always remind our clients that whether you're in the real estate business, the mortgage lending business, you're in the sports world, you're in the financial planning world, like you are in the human connection business first. And so understanding how to read people, how to build authentic relationships, building trust and rapport, communicating at a high level, being receptive to feedback, working on a team. I mean, that's really at the core of our work. And so we love going deep with people on what makes them great at connecting with other people. Well, I love that. And, and I want to spend a little bit of time on relationships because you know the science around this is very clear. We know people that have stronger relationships, not only just in a professional setting, but in their personal life. They have a higher degree of fulfillment. They're actually healthier. They actually have higher immune systems and they recover more quickly from illnesses. So it's really important that you have these good relationships. So talk to us, talk us through some of the key things about how to build, how to establish those relationships. And then I'm going to talk about how to maintain them. Yeah, I think it starts with two things, asking questions and adding value. You know, it was Dale Carnegie that, that first said a person's favorite sound is their own name and their favorite topic is themselves. And it's not just asking questions, it's asking good questions. It's soliciting an answer 
that engages people in meaningful discussion. And it's also about allowing people to think and to dream and to make their mind work. And so we talk a lot about open-ended questions, you know, not just asking about their story or their background, but like, hey, how has failure shaped your life? What's the greatest lesson that you've ever learned? What are you learning right now? What have you done that I should do? What have you read that I should read? How can I add value to you? So I think engaging people, Dr. Richard, in a way that makes them think and engages them in interesting and meaningful discussion, I think there's an art to that. And at the end of the day, people just want to talk about themselves. They want somebody to ask questions. And um, I think everybody likes, you know, sharing their story or sharing their thoughts, you know, sharing what's on their mind. Our most basic human need is the need to be known. It's the need to be seen. And so I think when you can approach somebody and say through your actions, I see you and you matter and make them feel that way through the questions that you ask, it's critically important. And then I think from there, it's understanding how you add value in their world. And there's a number of different things that we could talk about and principles that we activate with the people that we coach in terms of adding value. Uh, some of that is the questions that you ask. Sometimes you add value just through asking questions, but you also add value when you give people your empathy, your time, your counsel, uh, your connections, you know, making introductions, inviting them to an event, reaching out when it's unexpected. I think just encouraging the heart. You know, if you learn to encourage people, you'll always have a crowd. And so um, those are some of the things that we're talking about with our clients today. I love that. And another Zig Ziglar quote that I'm most fond of is he talks about you help enough people get what they want and, and reach their goals. You'll get what you want too. And I'm paraphrasing this, but you can't help those people unless you truly ask questions, care about them and show ways to add value to their lives. So I love that. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, we got to seek first to understand before we can be understood. And that's not human nature. You know, we don't we don't operate like that naturally. And so we have to work hard at breaking some of our selfish tendencies to really love and care for people. I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what it's really about is it's just loving people. It's caring for people. And so that's at the that's at the core of our work. Has any of your work well, I'm going to say that in a different way because everybody's work has been altered by COVID. But specifically, how have you been able to apply changes to what you're doing? And I want to talk about these pivots that people can make because of COVID to enhance the relationships, to add more value, to do some of these things, which we don't get to do them in person as much anymore. So can you spend a little time there, Jordan? Yeah, I think in the COVID world where so many of us have moved to a virtual platform, and by the way, I think that virtual platform in many ways is here to stay, right? Companies have adapted, people have adapted, you see more people working from home than ever before. And so if you're one of those people that's engaging with others on a consistent basis through virtual experience like you and I are, I think paying attention to detail is really important. I think reading the room is really important. I think preparation is more important than it's ever been. Knowing your audience, right? Attention is currency. In a distracted world, we were already distracted pre-COVID. That was already the case. And now, Dr. Richard, we're connecting with people on a regular basis and we have no idea what they're doing or what they're actually looking at. You could have three screens up as we're having this conversation and I would never know that. You could be reading an email. You could be typing an email. You could be listening to music. I mean, there's, there's all this distraction. And so in a virtual world, I think it's imperative that we pay attention to detail, that we're prepared, 
that we read the room and that we keep people's attention. So yes, I think COVID for us has changed uh, so much of our business in terms of how we execute, but it's also changed the way that we're coaching people and teaching people about the art of human connection and communication. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. That's awesome. A very good answer. You know, I, I have seen research that, and this is pre-COVID research, that because of the bombardment of technology that's in our face, Twitter and Insta and, so, and Snapchat and everything else, that our attention span is actually less than that of a goldfish. It's true. And that was before COVID. And, and that was before we had 40 screens open and listening to music and sending emails and doing everything else. So uh, I love that you highlighted that. And so I want to I want to shift gears a little bit. And I think we did a, a glorious job on the relationships. Talk about some of the other essential components. I know leadership is huge for what you teach. And again, leadership is critical, whether you own a business, whether you're a dad, you know, whatever you do, leadership skills matter in life. So talk to us about your expertise there and how people can apply some of that. Well, we try to challenge just the, the common person, the average person, maybe even the, the beginner around their, their definition of leadership. Uh, because we believe that leadership is influence. And that's John Maxwell's definition. We subscribe to that, that leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So if you've got influence over any group of people, your family, your friends, your community at the workplace, you are by definition a leader. And I think there's a few things about leadership, uh, a few myths that get tossed around a lot. And we want to debunk those myths. The first is that you have to be in charge to lead. It's one of the biggest lies about leadership. You don't have to be in charge to lead. And in the old days, you had to have positional power to lead. Uh, but in today's world, it's really all about personal power. And when you have personal power, you can lead from anywhere. And you can lead regardless of your title, your tenure, your experience. And I think the really great organizations that are moving the needle, that are inclusive and fun to work for, where they're driving results and creating a world-class culture, they've got a lot of early stage members of their team that are leading up. And so your organization will never be what it could be if you don't have honest and upward communication. And we're wanting to empower companies and early stage team members to lead up through personal power. So it begs the question, how do you get personal power? Well, you get personal power by following through, by taking initiative, by honoring other team members. You know, it's been said, if you consistently do what others won't do, you'll eventually have influence that others don't have. And so we want to change the way that companies, corporations, and organizations are viewing the topic of leadership. And you know, one of the narratives that we spin often, Dr. Richard, is that the first step in becoming a great leader is becoming a great follower. 
We've got so many people that are so focused on leading that they forget about following. And it's like, look, if you want to be a great leader, you got to follow. You got to be open-minded. You have to listen well. You have to take instruction. You have to learn to be a part of the team. And so I say that, and you know, the big wig CEO has been there for 30 years, goes, yeah, you know, back in my day, I followed really well. And that's how I got started. It's like, no, 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 dude, I'm talking to you. Like, if you want to go to your next level of leadership, you still have to follow. And you know what? That's not just following people that are more experienced than you. It's actually following your new hires. It's actually honoring your new people because they have a perspective that you don't have and you can learn from them. And I think when a CEO takes that framework to the topic of leadership, the entire organization changes. I work with a CEO right now, really abundant guy, open-minded guy, brilliant, very talented. And we're fortunate to coach this guy. One thing that I've noticed that he says to his new hires is he says, I can't wait to learn from you. And he empowers them. He makes them feel important and special. And he doesn't just say it because it sounds good. He means it. Like he really means that. Like he knows that he stands to learn something from his new hires. And he would say something like this, your position, the seat that you sit on determines what you see. Your perspective is different based on where you sit and different is valuable. And I want to know what you see because I don't see it. And I'm removed from being a new hire. You know, the director of first impressions, the person that sits out front that greets people when they come into the organization. Okay. That person, he or she sees something different than the CEO sees. So if the CEO says, you know what, I'm going to follow that person. I'm going to learn from that person. I'm going to ask them questions. I want them to help me with my blind spots. What do they see about the organization that I don't see? Then the whole organization gets better. So to me, it's about leading up. It's really about understanding the art of influence. And it's debunking some of these myths that you have to be in charge to lead and you must have positional power. In today's world, influence and leadership is all about personal power. I love that. And you framed leadership in a different way than I hear most people talk about it. So you know, I think most people conceive it as a hierarchical structure, top of the pyramid, uh, but your position is quite different. Actually, it's the antithesis of that, that you know, the, the title is irrelevant. It's about the influence that you could have irrespective of where you are and what your title is. So that's, that's really awesome. I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about peak performance, because I know that is such a sweet spot for you and what you guys do. So I'm excited to hear, because especially after the leadership thing that was, that was so different than what I was expecting, talk to us about the secret sauce of peak performance. Well, if I were just to evaluate some of the peak performers that we get to work with, or that we've experienced in our journey, I'll just give you some of my observations. One of my observations about peak performers through our work, Dr. Richard, is they have an obsession with learning. They're obsessed with getting better. They're obsessed with learning, with gaining an edge. And I don't think you can be obsessed with learning and getting better and gaining an edge if you're not also obsessed with becoming more self-aware. So to me, Self-awareness is the beginning of growth and development. And it's also the end of growth and development. And it's the everywhere in between. 
And so if we're going to grow in our self-awareness and in our situational awareness, we have to ask a lot of questions and we have to get a lot of feedback. So none of us like feedback, but I do believe it's the breakfast of champions. It's critically important. It's the one thing that most people would say, oh, that's super important. And then I'll say, are you getting enough of it? And they'll say, absolutely not. And so peak performers ask questions. They seek feedback. They seek the truth. They're obsessed with getting better. They keep an open mind. They have this spirit and this posture that says, I can learn something from every person that I meet and from every situation that I'm in. They'll be the person that takes the most notes in the boardroom, regardless of who's speaking. Uh, they're the person that follows up. You know, they're the person that raises their hand. I think peak performers have that kind of aura and spirit about them. Um, and then the other thing is they're just consistent. You know, success is the natural consequence of applying the basics and the fundamentals. And as much as that's common sense, common sense isn't always common practice. And so you got to consistently show up and you got to have a daily standard and you got to abide by your standard. And um, I think it's simple things done well repeatedly combined with an open mind and a spirit that says, I'm willing to learn, I need feedback, and I want to continually become more self-aware. I love that. And, and I'm curious, so I want to look at the opposite side of the coin. So what are some of the real pitfalls that people need to avoid to maintain that edge? Well, I think ego is something that we always have to stand on guard against. So that, you know, I, I see that in a lot of the people that we work with, especially in the early stages of dealing with a high level leader. But it's also important that we just, we got to own that. You know, so it's ego is at the center, but then ego gives birth to blame and it gives birth to resentment and it gives birth to anger and it gives birth to conflict. So I don't want to treat the symptom. I want to treat the issue. And we got to help people. We got to help high level leaders with their ego. Now, part of that happens just through experience, right? Life humbles you a little bit. And so naturally you learn to deal with your ego over time. But also if you're getting consistent feedback, and you're really running with people who are helping you grow and they're helping you assess your blind spots and they're encouraging you and there's trusted relationship, then I think you know, we can manage the ego that's inside of every one of us. But that's for sure, uh, I think an area of opportunity for a lot of leaders is just dealing with their ego. We all have it, we might as well just admit it, but we gotta learn to manage it in the right way. And then the other thing I would say is learning to celebrate others, you know, giving it away, like leading from a secondary position. I don't need to be out front. So there's a difference between a reward-centered leader and a responsibility-centered leader. And the reward-centered leader is really caught up in the title. So they'll say, you know, I want to be a leader. I want to be a CEO. I just don't want to do what a CEO does. And if I'm a reward-centered leader, I need to know that the personal economics make sense. So it's got to it's make sense for me. And if it doesn't, then I'm kind of out. The responsibility-centered leader says, hey, I will take this on for the benefit of others. This does not have to make sense for me. The personal economics don't have to make sense. And I don't just want the title, I wanna do what a leader does. And Patrick Lencioni kind of breaks this concept down in his book, The Motive, and he gives this beautiful example of raising a child. So for any parents that are listening, you think about your, your baby, your precious kids, right? When, when you have to get up with them in the middle of the night or you change the, the stinky diaper, maybe that's not pleasant, but you desire to do it because God has entrusted you with a child. You see that as a responsibility. 
And so the spirit is, I will take that on for the benefit of somebody else because I've been entrusted the lead. This is a deep responsibility that I have to carry and the personal economics don't have to make sense. So somebody with that spirit who has a ton of humility that can lead from a secondary position without ego will be a tremendous leader, whether it's in the marketplace, the church, or the community. I love that. And I often love how these skills are just so translatable across the board, that they work with relationships in the home, they work with your kids, they, and these are skills you just have to have. And a lot of people are so focused on, oh, I'm not a corporate guy. These are skills that you have to have. So as I'm continuing to think about all this and you just shared that book. Uh, what are some other top resources that are favorites of yours? All-time favorite books, resources that just really encompass these things that get you excited? Well, I know we have a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs who are listening. Uh, a lot of people who are in the people business. And one of our mutual friends who I know has been a guest on your show, Dr. Richard, is Bob Berg. And Bob Berg wrote this amazing book called The Go-Giver. And then he also wrote a book called Go-Givers Sell More. And I would tell you from a business standpoint, it's my all-time favorite read. And everything that we talked about is in that book, you know, in some form or fashion. Humility, adding value, asking questions, responsibility-centered leadership, leading from a secondary position. Bob is such a master at human connection and the art of building trust and rapport. So that's, that's one I tell everybody listening to just go order. If you're in the people business, if you're a business owner, if you're in the relationship business, I'm assuming that's 95% of people listening, go order The Go-Giver, order uh, Go-Givers Sell More. Those two books are phenomenal. And then I've just always been a John Maxwell fan. Part of the reason that I love Maxwell is he's really simple. <laughs> like he speaks in a language that everybody can understand. Anything from John Maxwell on the topic of leadership is, is usually pretty solid. So uh, as far as a couple recommended resources or reads, you know, go there. And then the last thing I'll say is this, Dr. Richard, and I want to give you a shout out. You've had some incredible guests on your show. Follow this podcast, like tune back in, continue to dial in, follow the podcast, follow uh, Dr. Richard on social media and figure out who you want to follow on social media. It can be just this incredible tool if you use it the right way. And some of my favorite follows on social media right now, uh, Jim Quick, uh, John Gordon, Ed Milet, Brene Brown, Simon Sinek. Um, there's just so many wonderful people. Liz Bohannon, I, I could go on and on. Just so many wonderful people in the world today that are doing huge things on social media. And, and let's use it as a tool. I know a lot of people want to bag social media for what it isn't. It can become this huge distraction, but it can also be this incredible asset. Yeah, you can't you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater for that. There is there is certainly good. Uh, and you mentioned podcasts, and I certainly want to give you a chance to talk about your own. So I know you've got a got a show. Tell us about that. Yeah, Montgomery Company's podcast is the name of the show. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes. You know, we try to do an episode every week. It's probably about every ten days. Um, we've had some great guests. We have John Gordon coming up next. We just interviewed Damon West. Uh, I know we've shared similar guests and. John Ruin and Bob Berg and Jeff Woods. So we're just trying to showcase a lot of thought leaders that are diverse in terms of industry and background. We've got, uh, let's see, Liz Bohannon's been on our show. I mean, just, you know, just it's a good, it's a good eclectic group. So yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit about the podcast and 
we're trying to serve it and, and reach as many people as we can through through our work. That's why you're here, because we love people who serve for sure. Uh, Jordan, this has been so much fun and the time has flown by. Uh, what I like to do is, you know, as I wrap up every episode by asking my guest a single question, and that is, what is your biggest help? That one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Oh, man, I just want to encourage anybody listening to own their story and to be vulnerable. Our world is so full of insecurity and manufactured success. Everybody's trying to put on their best face for the world. And I'll just say this again. I think I said it at the beginning of our conversation, Dr. Richard, is people can be impressed with your strengths, but they connect to you through your weakness. And we all have a story. You've been through stuff. I've been through stuff. Our listeners have been through stuff. There's some people listening right now that have been through stuff learn to own it first and foremost. You know, when you own your story, you can write a brand new ending, but when you choose to deny it, it defines you. So in a world that's fake and, and too many times so artificial, be you because there's only one you and the world needs you to be you. And uh, when you are you, you offer something uh, that is so much more powerful to the world. So well said. Jordan, where can people go online and find out more about your work? Yeah, our website is montgomerycompanies.com. Uh, probably most active on Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, we'd love to engage with anybody listening on those social media platforms. So send me a message. I'll hit you a message back. Let's connect. And uh, we'd love to be in conversation and develop friendships as a result of this conversation. And let me just say this one last thing, Dr. Richard, before we sign off. I, I appreciate the questions that you ask. I appreciate your level of preparation and intentionality. And there's a reason that you've got a top-rated show and so many great guests are spending time with you. You're great at this craft. And so I just want to encourage you to keep going, keep leading. And again, man, thanks for taking the time to share this conversation with me. And thank you so much for your kind words. I, I loved our conversation today and I hope everybody who's listening to this got a lot out of it as well. I'm sure that they will. And each and every one of you as well who chose to listen to this, you chose to take time out of your day to spend with us and, and I appreciate that. So thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are and post it on your social media using the hashtag, my daily helping because the happiest people are those that help others. 